Well, good morning again. How good is By the Hands Club? Come on. I really want to encourage you guys. We got to jump into the message, but I really want to encourage you guys to get out there, talk to them at the table, meet with them, talk to Toby and his team, try to get involved if you can. It's a great way to serve the city, and uh, we're super excited that they're here doing what they're doing, so thank you guys. Um, I'm going to preach a message this morning called Born for This. Everyone say, Born for This. Born for This. Has anybody ever told you at one point in your life that you could do something? This is interactive church. Yes, right? Oftentimes they tell you you can do something when you're trying to make something happen, but other times, at least I have found in my friendship circle, (laughs) that they tell me I can do something knowing very well that I can't do it. (laughs) Nine out of ten times the reason they're telling me that is because they want me to do something very stupid. And they want to laugh, and they want to joke, and they want to have a great time. It's just the nature of it. But this morning, this morning I want to talk about the story of David. David, and I, I, after last week's Vision Sunday of being all in, we, we write these great things on the cards, and they were beautiful, right? And we've prayed over them. We're going to continue to pray over them. However, once that high of that happens where you write it, you walk out of these doors, and then you go, what happened? I, I committed some words to a piece of paper. I want to be, quote, unquote, all in with Jesus. I want to serve. I want to I reach this city. But then you step into the city, and you kind of shrink back a little bit, right? Let me just say this morning, you are born for this moment. You are here, specifically here on earth, for this moment. For your lifetime, you have something inside of you that this world desperately needs. This city needs. I'm going to preach this morning. This place is set on fire. I'm going to preach. But each and every one of you, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've walked through, no matter what you've done, Jesus Christ is here today to tell you that he wants to use you. For mighty things. You are born for this. So I want to read the end of this story. And we're going to go through a a, a couple chunks of scripture. But if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read the end. Why? Because the ending's awesome. (laughs) I love the ending. I always uh, read ahead of a a movie to see what happens at the end. I did it the other day with a show that my wife and I watched. I I read online what happened at the end and I told her. I thought she was going to kill me. It was awesome. But I just want to know. I want to know. Here's the good news. You're about to see the end so that while we walk through the whole story, you have the end in mind. You with me? 1 Samuel 17, it's going to be up on the screen. Verse 45, David, King David, he's facing Goliath. How many of you know the story of David and Goliath? Most of us know this story, even if you didn't grow up in church. You've heard this story before. Right when I was a football chaplain, I would they, I would go into the to the locker room uh, on on a Friday night, and they would say, "Share the the story of David and Goliath. We want to be that." And I'd be like, "You guys need a lot of prayer. I got some other stories for y'all." The story's amazing, and David is standing before the Philistine giant. In verse forty-five, David said this. David said to the Philistine, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I." Come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Pause. David is the all-time savage, right? He is standing before a giant. The entire Israel army is standing behind him. Jesus, God's chosen people, the strongest army, is standing back there going, oh my gosh, do you see how big this guy is? You guys getting this picture? And David stands there, little short David. He's like, yo, bro, you nothing. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I'll strike you down. Not only that, I'll cut your head off. 
This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Great scripture to start us off this morning, JP. Come on. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. Come on, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. If you believe Jesus isn't in your battle with you, just give him a little praise this morning. Just clap your hands and thank him. For the battle is the Lord's. This morning, I want to talk about the story of David. I want us to to get something deep within our spirit and our souls that when we walk out of here, we know we are born for this, right? We love that story. We love that part of the story. I love it, right? That's awesome scripture. It's beautiful. It's crazy. It's scary, but it's beautiful how David stands there right before a giant and says those things. However, we don't know oftentimes what he did prior to that moment. See, you oftentimes see people in the victories. You see them on their platforms. You see them doing the things, but you don't know what they went through to get there. You don't know the trials and the the preparation that they faced in order to stand where they stand, right? Today, I I want us to, to know this, that God is the God of the possible. He's the God of the possible. He wants to do crazy, radical, transforming things here in the city, but he needs some people to get on board with it and start to believe it, right? Well, how do you believe God is the God of the possible? Preparation, time, trusting, believing. Leaning in. And this is exactly what David did. So I want to show us. I, I, David is, is, a, is a young man, right? He's, a, he's one of a couple brothers. David was, was one that, that, that his father, right? His father kind of overlooked. Maybe some of you in this room this morning have felt overlooked. I don't know. I just sensed that this morning. Some of you have, have oftentimes just felt like nobody sees you. Nobody hears you. Let me just say this to you if you're in this room. Jesus hears you, and he sees you, and he looks down upon heaven from you, and he's smiling at you, and he's pleased with you, and he loves you. Whole nother sermon, but I just felt like someone needed to hear that this morning. David was overlooked. He wasn't the hot shot. He wasn't the brother that that everybody else knew. David was just this young man, right? But David was out in the fields taking care of his father's flock. He was consistent. He was was a a young man that, that, that didn't care what else was happening? He knew what God had placed in his heart. So, so backstory, right? Uh, King Solomon shows up, right? And, he, and, and Solomon shows up to, to David's house, right? And he says, hey, I need to find someone that God has placed on my heart. I, I need to find the boy that, that God has placed me to anoint to be future king. Are you with me? So Solomon shows up to David's house and his father's like, well, here's all my boys. Here's everyone. And Solomon looks and he's just like, no, no. I'm missing this. This is how I read scripture. He's sitting there going, I'm missing something. No, this, this, isn't, this isn't right. These aren't the people that I'm looking for. These aren't the men that I'm looking for. And, and, and David's father, he's awesome. He goes, wait, I, I have another one. <laughs> Any of you the youngest child? You're like, I think I have another one. Ever been left at the store? You're the youngest kid. Your parents just forgot about you. Yeah, yeah, that's how this kind of, I look at this. Like, yeah, there's one more. <laughs> he's somewhere. <laughs> I know I got another one. And they bring him in and Psalm anoints him. But here's what's awesome. If you go all down, the first point is this. We're just going to talk through scripture. 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 2, and then 10 through 18. If you want to be able to stand before giants, you want to be able to write those things that you wrote on those cards last week, you want to walk out in the city, you want to be used by God, you got to do some things just the same way that David did them. And the first is this. Prepare. 
and always remain diligent in the shadows. That was a really good place to say amen. Prepare and always remain diligent in the shadows. Look at this in chapter 16, 1 through 2. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, sorry, I said Solomon. What am I preaching? None of y'all stop me. None of y'all stop me. I texted a friend that's in here. His son is Solomon, and I was thinking Solomon. I was praying for him. That I get up here, and I'm preaching blasphemy. Y'all like, what are you talking about? Apologies. <laughs> yes. Samuel anointed David. Are you with me? That was, the, that was awesome. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be kings, right? So the, the, the Lord has placed his on his heart. So fast forward then to verse 10. It says this, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now fast forward in verse 14, it says this. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul. Saul is the king at the time, right? Tracking with me? It's a lot of scripture I'm throwing at you. We're going to get there. The Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendants said to him, see, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let all our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to the attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Powerful, right? Occupy and always remain diligent in the shadows. You want to be strong, you want to be courageous, look at what David's doing. David was overlooked. He was looked past. But you know what's awesome about David? He was out taking care of his responsibilities. You all want to get a platform, you all want to do something, take care of the responsibilities you have in front of you right now. You're a student, be the best student. You're working at a job that you don't necessarily like, be the best employee that they have there. Because you don't only represent yourself, you represent the kingdom of God. So David knew, hey, you know what? If I'm going to be king, i got to remain diligent with what I've been given right now. So you know what? I'm going to go take care of my father's sheep. Sheep are the dumbest animals in the world. They're not awesome. They're not cool. Some of you are like, I love sheep. Good on you. I have been to, to many petting zoos, and I've seen sheep, and I'm like, man, these things are stupid. But you know what's awesome? David didn't care. David protected them. David watched over them. David knew that his responsibilities today in that moment was to take care of what was in front of him. And he said, you know what? I don't care if I'm overlooked. I don't care if I've looked, been looked past. I'm going to remain diligent because I know that what's ahead, I need to be prepared for right now. So you know what David did? He protected those sheep from animals that had tried to attack do you think the giant was the first thing that David had to fight off? No. No, there was many that tried to attack that flock. And it says that David fought them off. 
David took care of them. David, David made sure that his father's sheep were protected. Some of you all need to just remember this this morning, that if, in order to be who God's called you to be, in order to go where God's called you to go, you need to start occupying the shadows when no one else is watching you. What you do in private will carry into your public. Hello. That will preach. What you do in the alone time will carry you when there's a bunch of people around. If you sat in the private and you started to get into his word, you started to lean into God, you started to press into the things that God's called you to press into, just wait when you get to the platform. I'm not talking about every single one of you is going to be on a platform. Whatever God's called you to do. A platform could be a school teacher. It could be a wrestling coach. It could be a pastor. I don't care, but whatever God's called you to be right now, you need to remain diligent. You need to occupy the shadows. See, we don't like that. We're in the superstar Insta-famous world. Everybody's famous today, somehow, some way, through social media. And you know what? It's not bad. Whatever, right? That's what I say, whatever. It is what it is. But we're striving so hard to be somebody. We're, we're, we're climbing the ladders over top of people to, to, to get to that platform instead of saying, you know what? I'm good right here. I'll take care of some dumb sheep, <laughs> I watch my father's flock. I don't care if my father doesn't remember me when all the brothers are lined up. There's that one. I think there's that one out there. No, none of that. It doesn't matter to me. It shouldn't matter to you. What should matter to you right now is that you're remaining diligent with what God's put in front of you. That you're taking step by step, day by day, going, God, I trust you. I lean into you. I press into you. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you so that when I get to the place, my character that's been built up will be able to sustain what is ahead of me. Some of you are going to get to your platforms and you haven't built the character in order to keep you there. Hello. Oh, yeah. That's truth. Your character isn't strong. You'll never be able to be what God's intended you to be. I firmly believe that. I've seen a lot of people rise up real fast, but they don't have the character to hold them up there. I want your character to be strong. I want your walk to be strong. I want your faith to be strong. Not getting rocked and, and, and blown over every time a trial comes. Because the trials you face today, they're minuscule compared to what you're going to face. Such encouraging word this morning. Praise the Lord. Everybody just say, praise the Lord. Thank you for trials. Occupy the shadows. Obedience is key here. How you finish one season will always determine how you start the next. You get out of a season too early and try to start a new season, you're going to cause a mess. Catch that? How you remain diligent with what the season you've been in right now, where you're at today, I promise you, God sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He knows. He knows. He knows. And he's going to smile upon you as you just remain diligent when nobody else is watching. Amen? You want to be all in? Start occupying the moments right now where no one else sees you. Second thing is this. Stop allowing others to dictate the calling on your life. Woo. Stop. Shut it out. The voices of others as they, so they stop dictating the calling on your life. 1 Samuel 17, I told you I got a lot of scripture. Bear with me. Verse 20 through 30, it's a lot. But David now is heading towards the battlefield. His father has sent him because all David's brothers are out at the battlefield. Right? You with me? 
All his brothers out there. So now his dad says, go, get your brothers, help them, send them, give them some supplies, give them food. So this is the, the picture. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and sent out as Jesse had directed. I'm going to read very fast. Stay with me. This is awesome. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle's position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion of, from Gath, stepped out from the, his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. You catching David right now? He ran to the battlefield. You know why? Because he occupied the shadows. He was ready. When everybody else stepped back, he was ready. Verse 25, now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage, hello, and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. There will be great wealth and you'll get married. Come on. Sounds like a deal to me. I'll take care of it. If I wasn't married to her, I would do it for you, babe. If you were the prize, I'd kill a giant. Anyways. <laughs> when Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David replies, Now what have I done? Can I even speak? He then, this is key, he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. His brother is standing there. Sometimes those closest to you will try to sway you from the calling that God has placed on your life. Sometimes the, the people that are so near and dear to your heart, the ones that know you the best, will try to place words that have no place in your heart and mind. This is why you have to decipher and have discernment through the power of the Holy Spirit. But what I see here is that David approaches the battlefield, right? He stands out in the battle. He runs towards it. And then he says, hey, why are you all afraid? Hey, by the way, what, what, what's the prize? <laughs> he already knew he was going in. He already knew it was happening. He said, what's the, what's the prize for taking that guy? That's nothing. What is it? And they tell him. And then his brother, his brother, his flesh and blood, his brother says to him, yo, did you just come here to see us get killed? You're so conceited, David. Shouldn't you just be a, a shepherd in the field with those sheep? Scripture says that, right? Imagine that. Most of us, including myself, would at that point been like, yeah, you're right. We started walking back to the fields. Catch that? Most of us. But I'm here today to tell you. Stop allowing other voices to dictate your calling. You know what David does? I love it. He's a champ. He says, um, what, did I, what did I do? <laughs> Why are you coming at me like this? And then he, I, I just pictured David talking to his brother like this and then just kind of just going, thanks, man. And starts walking towards the battlefield. Hello. Some of you all today, 
first of all, need to remove some friends in your life. Hello. Some of you are listening to voices that have no place in your life because they're tearing you down instead of building you back up. Some of you all need to look at some people today and say, thank you so much for telling me what I should be, but I know what the King of Kings has called me to be. I'm going to walk this way. I'm going to head out to the battlefield because I don't care what you be saying to me. It's not going to help me. It's not going to carry me. It's not going to make me who you would called me to be. So I want to go after what Jesus has called me to be. You're not going to allow the voices of others to dictate your calling anymore. You want to be all in? Be all in and shut the voices off. Show me your friends, your top friends. I say it all the time. Show me the five people you hang out with. I will show you the next five years of your life. Five years, five friends. You show me your friends, the people you're hanging with, I'm going to tell you where you're going. You got people speaking life to you, I'm going to be like, you're going to go towards life. You got people speaking death over you, I'm going to be like, you better run from those people because you're heading towards death. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who's allowing to, to, to be voices into your life? Who's carrying your calling or destroying your calling? Some of you are like, I don't, I don't know how to get rid of friends. I'm, I'll be lonely. You think God's not big enough to bring some good people into your life? You believe that God can't answer some prayers to say, hey, you know what? I got better friends for you. I got people. And then after you get built up in those people, then you go back and you go reach those people that were those friends. I'm not saying leave them. Just go back and speak to them. Truth. Step in and stop allowing the voices of others to dictate your calling. The third thing is this. To be all in you got to be comfortable in your own skin. <laughs> I'm going to preach for a second. got to be comfortable in your own skin. This is speaking directly to me. 1 Samuel 17, 33 through 40 says this. Saul replied, he's talking to David because now David's ready to go to the battlefield. You guys with me? got to be comfortable in your own skin. David, he's speaking to David. He says, you are not able to go out against this Philistine. Once again, someone else is being negative. Hello. And fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. His mouth. See, you all need to read scripture this way. It doesn't say I threw a stone at it and it died. That sheep was in the lion's mouth, and David's like, I took it from its mouth. So, some of y'all are like, I don't still get, anyways. A lion <laughs> had a sheep in its mouth, and David took it from him. Okay. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. David, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. God. David knew who was standing behind him, who was in front of him, who was next to him. It was the king of kings. It was the Lord of lords. He's like, hey, cool, you're the king, but hey, guess what? I serve the big king. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David, this is key, in his own tunic, he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he got, he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five stones from the, the uh, stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand approached the Philistine. You going to face a giant, I'm going to be like, yo, I need every piece of armor. Give me the bazooka, give me the tank, give me whatever you got to go because I'm going to go face an army. I need everything behind me. 
See, David's awesome, right? But David's human. <laughs> David's a human guy. He's not some superhero. He's just an average human person. And he had a momentary lapse of judgment. He said, oh, yeah. So notice, he said all these great things he did. And then Saul said, put my armor on. Here's my sword. And David goes, yeah, 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 you know what, I, I probably need that. Now I'm going to go face this giant. Give me that stuff, yeah? And then he starts to wear it. And I imagine David putting all that stuff on and starting to walk. Starting to walk like this. And eventually he probably just gets to his knees like, whew. Man, no, 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 no. I messed up. Get this off of me. I don't want a sword. I don't want a shield. I don't want a breastplate. I don't want none of that. Just give me a couple stones. Give me my slingshot. Give me my shepherd's staff. I'm about to go do work. Some of you all want to be all in, but guess what? You're saying, I need to be like that person. I need to look this way. I need to talk this way. I need to have this family background. I need to have this amount of resources before I start to give to the church. I need to be like this. I need to be like that. Some of you all in the world that we're living in today, you need to stop comparing yourself. I'm here today. I'm, I believe this so hard. Our, our culture is being hit with comparison. You don't know what it's like, Pastor. Yes, I do. I deal with it. I'm not some superhero. David was not some superhero. We all deal with this idea, this lie that we have to be like somebody else. We have to act like somebody else. God has put something inside of you to an order that's only inside of you. The DNA that's in you is only inside of you. So go and use it. Just be comfortable with what God's given you. I need to be taller. No, you don't. I used to ask God. <laughs> I, my brother's 6'1". I'm like 5'10 and some change. I'm the athlete. He's kind of the athlete. <laughs> He's amazing. I love him to death. But I was like, if I was just 6'1", I maybe would have played a little bit higher up in soccer. I maybe would have got a D1 offer. If I was just a little tall, God, <laughs> why am I not taller? <laughs> I used to know I used to rattle myself with that. My spirit became heavy because I would constantly be like, I need to be like that person. I need to act that way. I compare myself to this guy all the time. You know why? Because he's so freaking talented. But you know what's awesome about it? I have to get over it. I have to know that God's put in him something that is in order, that's only in him that's going to carry this church. There's a lot of you all in this church that are talented and gifted. There's a lot of you that if I had to say, hey, you know what, I want to be like that guy. I want to be the brains, be like Andrew has. I want to do all those things. I would start to weigh myself down, and I would lose out on what God has called me to do. We need each other. Stop comparing yourself to each other. Just be comfortable in your own skin. Be comfortable with God's place you. If you're not going to be in the spotlight right now, that's fine. Just stay in the shadows and keep being diligent. No one sees the guys coming at 6.30 in the morning to set up this place. But guess what? They do it. No one sees the, the people week in and week out praying and interceding on behalf of your needs. But they're doing it. You know why? Because they know what God's called them. Are you going to be comfortable in your skin? Are you going to be comfortable with God's put inside of you? In your heart and in your mind, this world needs you. Stop trying to be like other people. It's killing people. Suicide rate is through the roof more than ever before. It breaks my heart. And many of you were here a few months back. And a player that I was his chaplain for four years at the university. Four years. Would speak to this kid, talk to this kid, try to, try to reach this kid, share the stories with him like, hey, yo, bro, you got great things in store for you. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. And it would just go in one ear and out the other. Just constantly compare, constantly compare, constantly fought, trying to be like somebody else. 
most gifted, talented, amazing, big kid I've ever seen in my life. And you know what he did? He said, I'm tired of comparing. I'll just end my life. And I, I don't say that to be like, man, this is crazy. No, no, why I say that is because God has said to you this morning, your life's not over until he says it's over. And what he's placed inside of you, he needs it. He wants to use it. So if you keep choosing to compare yourself, you're going to go down a path that is very dark, that is very scary. And you're going to get there and you're going to go, how did I end up here? I've missed out on years of being able to do what God's called me to do. I've missed out on years of reaching people that God's called me to reach. I have missed out because I have not been comfortable in my own skin. Guess what? Be comfortable in your own skin. Ladies, stop comparing yourselves to other ladies. If you need to get off of Instagram, get off of Instagram. If you're scrolling through the screen going, man, I don't look like that. I don't talk like that. I don't have that kind of. No, get off of Instagram. It's a joke. Fellas. Fellas, you don't got to be strong, courageous, all this stuff that everyone tells you to be. You don't got to go through a bunch of women to sleep through them to find that right one. Hello. You can wait, and you can pray, and you can be strengthened, and you can be who God's called you to be because guess what? God's put your skin on you for a reason. So be the man that God's called you to be. This is encouraging. The last thing is this. Stop telling God. How big your problem is. Start telling your problem how big your God is. Oh, we got people. God! God! Where are you? Where are you? I have this issue. I have this addiction. I have this bondage. Where are you? And David <laughs> gives me the greatest encouragement of all time. I read the Ending at the beginning. David stands before a giant. And he says, hey, yo. You come against God. You come against God's people. You come against the one of God's own people. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. So you know what he says? He doesn't say, hey, God, take care of this giant. He says, yo, giant, my God's about to take care of you. You catching this? Some of you all need to stop praying that God would change and you need to start looking at the problems that are in front of you and say, hey, let me tell you how big my God is. Let me tell you how faithful my God's been. Let me show you where God's taken me. Let me show you how God's healed me. Let me show you how God's restored me. Some of you all this morning, if you're going to be all into this faith, you need to start to learn how to tell the problems in front of you that your God is bigger than them. Your God is stronger than them. Well, that's just talk, JP. Positive words, positive vibes, positive energy. Right? We hear it all the time. I love coming to that church. It's so positive. It's vibey. It's awesome. And I say it's the Holy Spirit. But it's, you, you, you got to know something. What you confess, you will start to live out. What you speak, you will start to see. Spouses, you're talking about your wife to other men and you're complaining and you're just grumbling. Guess what you're going to get? A terrible marriage. Ladies, you're gossiping. You're talking about other people. You're not going to have friends very long. I wanted to say amen, but I didn't really know if anybody else was going to say it. So that one awkward guy that's like, amen, in the back corner. You're like, ah, dude, yeah. But I want to close with this. I want us to stand on two feet in confidence and step out into the city and say, you know what? The problems, the violence, the, the corruption, the chaos, the confusion, the loneliness. My God's bigger than all this. My God's behind me. My God's in front of me. My God's next to me. King Jesus has already gone before this. 
So this problem, this, this trial that I'm facing, it's momentary. Maybe the trial you've been facing has been 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Let me just say this. God's still working on it. God's still moving in it. God's still going to move the mountains for you. You just maybe need to stop saying, God, where are you? And start saying, no, my God's here right now. Students on your campuses, all across Chicago and elsewhere, start to live out boldly in your faith. Start to show the schools, hey, you know what? My God is here. My God's in front of me. My God is for me. I don't need to freak out every second when things don't go right. I don't need to lose my mind. I don't need to call my best friend and tell her all the great things, all the terrible things that are happening. No, I can go before my God and say, God, you're still good. God, you're still worthy. And I'm going before my problems with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords behind me. You were born for this. I truly believe that. I say to my wife all the time, God doesn't make mistakes. He never has. He never, catch, that was a really good place to say amen. Because some of y'all just need to, you need to hear that. He doesn't make mistakes. He hasn't been up in heaven like, oh, that one, that was a, oh, man. Looking at the angels like, did you, did you give me the clearance to let that one go? Like, no. He's like, no, I made that person for the time, for the purpose that they are here on earth. No matter what they have inside of them, no matter how smart they are, no matter how good looking they are or not. It doesn't matter. God has placed something inside of you to be used. So you can either start walking in faith and confidence saying, I am bored for this. Or you can take a step back and shrink back like Satan would want you to. I'm praying and believing today that we're going to stand with two feet saying, I am bored for this. I want to pray over us. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray two prayers. The first is, some of you don't even know who this Jesus is that I've been talking about. You've, you've walked through some stuff. You've been through what's called life. And you're at the end of your rope. You're at the end of the road. You don't know what else to do. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus died for you on a cross. He rose again three days later so that if you would just believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord, your life would be radically changed. You would be brand new this morning. You get a brand new start. You get a new birthday. Jesus' love is captivating hearts this morning. He's speaking to some people this morning. He's saying, just, just let me in. Let me be your protector. Let me watch over you. Let me be your king. Let me be your Lord. Let me forgive you of the sins and the, the stuff that you've done. Let me wash you brand new and give you a brand new start. We don't do this often, but I want to just give an invitation this morning. If you are in the room this morning and you just said, you know what? I feel that tug on my heart. I feel that, that, that pull from heaven. And I want to surrender my life. I want a brand new start. I want to have the confidence that David had. I want to walk in assurance that my God is for me and not against me. If you're in this room on the count of three, we just want you to slip your hand up. And we're going to pray. And we're going to rejoice. And it says that heaven throws a party when one comes back home. So on the count of three, just slip your hand up. No one's looking. No one's, no one's wandering. Just, just this is between you and God. So one, he loves you. Two, he died for you. Three, he wants to spend eternity with you. If you're in the room, slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. No one's looking. Slip them up. Hands are up. Anybody else? Amen. 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 Anyone else? Church, let's pray this together. Jesus, I receive you. Forgive me of my sins, of my past. Make me brand new today.
I am yours and you are mine. I promise to serve you all the days of my life. I receive your Holy Spirit this morning. Go before me. I am yours in Jesus' name. If you're in the room, though, too, this is a second prayer. If you just want to say, you know what? I need to remind my soul that I, I was born for this moment, that God hand, God's hand is on my life. On the count of three, I just want us to slip our hands up. We're going to pray a prayer of faith. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to fill you. I believe the Spirit of God is going to speak to you. I believe the Spirit of God is going to invade the parts of your heart, the parts of your mind, the parts of your soul where he needs to. So on the count of three, if you want to be born for this moment, you want to be born for this time, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Come on, anybody in this church believe this? Amen. Anybody else? Hands are up. Hands are up. Jesus, you see each and every hand in this place. You know every single person by name, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus, by the power of your spirit, that you will speak to their hearts, that you will speak to their minds, that today, God, that they will be reminded that you are for them and not against them, that you have created them. Perfect, Jesus, that you're gonna use them, that you're gonna fill them with abundance of grace and mercy and truth, that they're gonna walk in power, they're gonna walk in protection, they're gonna walk in the grace that you've called them to walk in. And so the name of Jesus, we proclaim, claim this. We ask this in Jesus' name. Come on, church, if you believe this this morning, why don't you stand to your feet as we worship out this morning. Come on, church.